So all I can really do is when I'm working with an artist is prepare them, teach them, you know, make sure that they're growing in the areas that they have to grow to give them every single shot possible to get that reaction. You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs with Andrew Apanov. Hey there, Andrew Apanov here. You're listening to Music Growth Talks, a podcast designed to help you grow your music career. And this is episode number 155. If you want to look up the show notes at datamusic.com, which I encourage you to do to learn more about today's guest, Jason Davis. You should get a good idea of why this 700 club called him a music mogul. Jason has been in the music industry for several decades. He has helped numerous stars. Uh, He's been developing artists for many, many years. He has been the head of uh, uh, several companies, uh, most notably 117, something that Jason himself will talk about on this very episode. It's inspiring, uh, lots of interesting ideas, uh, so hopefully uh, the artists among you, so most of the listeners of Music Rock Talks, will find it really helpful. If you have uh, any thoughts, uh, feedback to share, please do so on our profiles, uh, Instagram, SoundCloud, Patreon, of course. If you are a patron at patreon.com forward slash Andrew if not, consider becoming one. And of course, feel free to also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, This uh, really helps the show being discovered by other uh, business professionals and musicians. So uh, thank you for that in advance. Uh, And in the meantime, here we go, my interview with Jason Davis. Jason, welcome to Music Growth Talks. Uh, Really happy to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. So there is quite a few things that we may dive into. I hope that we'll cover quite a few things that you work on and what you've been doing in your career. And it's, there, there is lots of really impressive stuff. I wanted to ask you first about the two books that you wrote. I think it was in 2014-15. Anything you want to mention about those? Do you plan on doing a second edition or <laughs> well it's it's not fully applicable for the kind of books you wrote but um, yeah are you working on any new uh, material by any chance i am not working on any new books the first book was really on my life story and how i got into the music industry and my experience in the music industry and also my experience with finding god in my life and you know kind of guess you could say a little bit of a redemption story in my life I just, I had tons of people over a period of about five years asking me to write a book or telling me I should write a book. And it just kind of organically happened where I met the right people. Didn't really have a desire to do it, but so many people had mentioned it to me that uh, it, was, it was definitely a seed that was in my head. And then the, the business book was just something that's always been on my heart in business whether it was mistakes I made early on in my career or in the middle of my career or, you know, maybe mistakes people did to, to, towards me or just, just how I see people view business, just things I saw over the years that, that, uh, you know, wished myself early in my career and also people that I have dealt with over the years 
really had more of a focus on people than the actual deal and caring about people first. And, um, definitely something that, you know, God showed me over the years and, and I uh, was, was really big on my heart. So I felt like that was something I had to get out or was being led to get out. But besides that, I haven't really had a desire since then to, uh, write a book on anything. Yeah, right, right. No, that's, uh, that, that sounds like more than just a business book. Uh, so yeah, the, the second one you mentioned is called Business Backwards. I'm linking to everything in the show notes. Do you have any examples of the things you, you just mentioned you potentially regretted? So things you would do differently or maybe things that you still see people do in this industry, in the entertainment industry overall that you just find wrong? Yes. And, and I think even maybe, maybe even on a deeper level than wrong, just things that really from the heart level, you know, I see and, and I wish, you know, people would be more mindful of. But I know for me, you know, I so desperately wanted to be in the music industry and stay in the music industry and grow in the music industry when I got into it that number one, I was so focused on trying to grow success that, uh, you know, I, I really found myself caring a lot more about myself than other people. And that, uh, that never leads to good things. And it's definitely something that doesn't, you know, love people well or help grow relationships. So that's definitely something that God has shown me over the years. And, uh, you know, definitely a lot, a lot that looking back, I, w- I would have done differently. And I tried just to, you know, we, we can't change the past, but we can choose to learn from our past. And um, I don't think God wants us to ever look back with, with like this regret or beating ourselves up. But I think God does want us to learn from our past mistakes and move on and learn to love people better or put, put people first. And so, you know, in my own life, that that's been real. And then, and then just just doing business, just I think a lot of it revolves around how people view or treat money and business transactions. I think more than anything else I've seen over the years, and this is stuff I used to see within myself that God showed me and things I've seen in others, just just this desire for the deal and closing business coming over other people and uh, like caring deeply about the person first. And I think one thing that God showed me in that started to show me about 12 years ago was that it's really him that takes care of me and it's really him that provides for me. And I don't need to, um, I do need to work hard and I do need to seek wisdom and try to always grow in the gifting and passion that God has given me. But I don't have to look at another human being and think that they're going to provide my living or help provide my living. It, it, that's really coming from God. God is causing certain people to trust me or to want to do business with me or, or work with me. So that kind of frees me up to just when I meet people like love them and put them first and care about them and, you know, tell them the truth and, and stay in that. You know, and if it means that it's not going to work out best for me, but I've really shown this person truth and cared about this person first, I trust God that he will provide for me in other ways, you know, through other situations. So 
that's really freed me up a lot. I, I really used to feel 20 something years ago that, and then for many years after that, it was really up to me to go out into the world and make a living and convince people to work with me. And that's been a pretty big shift for me. And it's been very freeing and it's, it's caused me to develop a lot better relationships. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that, that does. And this is, uh, this is great. It's, it, it sounds like not just, uh, a fantastic uh, business and, and life uh, ethic. It's, it's something that uh, can inspire people around you and the musicians who walk with you. I think it's very important that you are giving an example of uh, how things can be done even in such an, in this industry full of, of, of hustle and, and sometimes uh, the things that uh, some people maybe may regret doing. So this is great and thank you for sharing. Uh, and uh, you... To be clear, you continue working with musicians and and, uh, and running the businesses you've got. What are your current kind of responsibilities? How many artists do you currently work with at 117 in particular? Well, I would say in total, I've always been drawn to trying to always learn and do different things and, and be involved in different projects. And so I've always been somebody that I, I can get bored pretty quickly. And I do think on some levels that's good in business. So I would say that on average, we are probably developing, trying to develop up like the next artist that we would go on to manage or, you know, hopefully help get a record deal for, you know, help, help start a career for. We are developing about on average, about 10 artists a year. Sometimes it could be higher than that. Sometimes it could be a little lower than that. But it's about 10 a year. And those artists are from different genres. And they're also from, doesn't really matter what part of the world they're from. I mean, we just, last year, we developed a girl who's awesome and has a career starting from Australia. I mean, there's literally a girl this morning that I just heard from that I've been talking to for a little while. We're not working closely together yet, but we've kind of both wanted to work together. She's from South Africa. I've worked with artists, you know, that are in Jamaica, Dubai, the UK, Canada, even Singapore. There was one artist that we worked with from Singapore. So it's kind of, you know, those 10 artists could be from anywhere, obviously, you know, in America as well. And then, you know, like deeply, deeply managing an artist who has a career and is, you know, touring and, and really doing it on a very high level. You know, I would say that that's usually around a handful of artists a year that we're working with. And some of those artists we've worked with for many years. So it's, it's probably, it's probably around, you know, maybe 15 artists a year that we're, we're working with in some capacity and we're, we're constantly being introduced to new artists. Um, whether that's for, from relationships we have. Or it could sometimes even be from a record label that we'll get introduced to a new artist. So yeah, this is actually a very good point that you just made. I was about to ask you how how you usually uh, discover new artists uh, and if you accept just you know submissions for your website, for example. It's not how it works usually, right? Yeah, we don't we don't really we don't really get submissions from our website. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at our website. No, you, 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 you don't, you, you don't I, have, I, you don't have a submission form. I yeah, confirm. but 
but I, I don't I don't think we get anything through our websites or or ask for anything from our websites because we don't really look that way. It's usually all relational. Mm-hmm. But I would say that I mean we have we have months where we're because I've been doing this for so long and I've done it in different you know I've worked with the artists in all different countries so we have a lot of relationships out there so I I would say we're probably sent you know on average I don't know maybe. 50 to 100 different singers a month to check out. I can't look at any of that. I don't I don't have the time to look at any of that, but we have people that do look at that for us and do a lot of weeding out and you know exa- as far as how many we're actually introduced to it's it's hard to say on a yearly basis, but it's it's a it's a pretty small number. But you know, it's all through relationships. It's all through I mean, I have producers I used to manage that were once like huge producers and now they're not. And they've sent me tons of artists over the last few years to check out. I have people that are like talent scouts in the business. I, I've received some, you know, handfuls of artists from a, a casting producer for ABC that I've been friends with for 10 years that were really close friends. And um, she casts some of these singing shows and sometimes like they'll cast people that are either, you know, on the show or close to winning that she'll talk to me about, or it'll be somebody that they auditioned that she's surprised that they didn't make the show or, or things like that. And then, you know, we, we have some, you know, thanks to God, some really close relationships with record labels. And it's not an everyday occurrence, but definitely once in a while, I would say several times a year, you know, we'll have somebody from a record label, you know, send an artist to us and ask what we think, or if we'd be interested in working with them. Oh, um, yeah. So, those are some of the different ways. No, that's uh, that's helpful. That's good to know uh, to anyone who uh, may be thinking about building their career kind of with the help uh, of a company like yours. It's uh, it's a good reminder to everyone listening to us how important it is to network in the music industry. Uh, can you give an example, uh, maybe a, a very general overview, even for I'm asking you for this kind of behind the scenes sneak peek, how this development process of an artist who you decide to work with looks like throughout whatever time frame it may be. And I fully understand that everyone may require a different kind of connections, different kind of development needs, uh, and you do a lot of different stuff, but maybe you can give uh, a couple examples of what kind of work you do with and for your artists. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously, like you said, everyone's different. Everybody learns at a different rate, grows at a different rate. Everybody comes into a situation with more or less experience. But, uh, you know, I would say that on a higher level, I mean, we have artists that we're managing that are making, you know, incredible livings playing arenas, you know, weekly on arena tour, big tours. And, I mean, I would say that they would still on some levels consider themselves developing and learning and and growing, you know, like anything in life, the learning and the growing never stop. So, you know, we have artists who have hit songs on the radio who are, you know, I've, I've been backstage, you know, in, in an arena and had an artist say to me, like, you know, I still feel like you're developing me. I still feel like I'm learning and growing. And, and of course, too, I who I'm often in, in the role with an artist like, as a coach, you know, or a teacher, you know, I, I am still learning. I mean, I learn things from every artist I work with. I'm constantly learning from 
whether it's record labels or artists I work with or just, you know, the, the learning never stops, which is exciting. Yeah. But then I would say on, 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 a, on a more, you know, on like an artist that's not signed to a deal that we meet, you know, that's usually a lot more time, you know, it takes a lot more time. It takes a lot more tender love and care. So, I mean, I would say that that's most artists I meet that don't have a record deal. If we were actually interested in working with them, it's, it's at, at, at usually at a minimum, it's a year of kind of growth and development. And then sometimes it could be two years mm-hmm. of growth and development. I mean, I've, I've had it where, you know, somebody got a record deal two and a half years later who I thought was going to get a record deal within months of me working with them. And then I've had artists that I think it's going to take three years of development, but there's really something there. And then, you know, six to nine months later, they're signing a record deal. So there's really no, it's, you know, I've said this to people in the past that, you know, the human aspect of this is the part when you're, when you're talking about an unsigned, undiscovered artist, there's this human aspect that nobody can make happen or predict or force. And it's a couple of, it's a couple of things. First of all, you know, I can meet someone and I can love them and I can think that they're amazing. And let, let's say you, I'm just using this as an example. Let's say you in your field of work were looking to hire somebody. And let's say I know you really, really well. And I meet, you know, let's say, two potential candidates for this job opening that you have. And I know you well, and I've been a business person for a long time. And both candidates are interesting, but one to me is so obvious that they should get the job and they have way more experience. They're way more talented, but the second one is, is a cool person and there's something there, but this, this other person is so obvious I could send them both to you for job interviews and you could end up feeling this connection to this other person that is less qualified and you just might feel something for this person and feel like I I see something in this person. I, I feel a connection to this person. I feel like I could get along with this person. Just something about that meeting that I can't make happen or force where on paper, in a sense, using this analogy, like you really should assign the other artist. <laughs> you should have offered a record deal or deal to the other artist. But there's just something about this artist that, you know, maybe it reminds you of your brother, or maybe it reminds you of your best friend growing up, or like there's that human element and it, and it works in all areas of the business. Like when I'm working with a singer and I send them into a writing room or a record label sends them into a writing room to write with a, a songwriter like you can't you can't force a major songwriter to freak out and just be like this this person is it i'm gonna dig to, to the you know i'm gonna dig like crazy for this person so all i can really do is when i'm working with an artist is prepare them teach them you know make sure that they're growing in the areas that they have to grow to give them every single shot possible to get that reaction. And so I work with artists on how to do meetings, on on how to walk in a room, on how to how to present themselves, how to how to walk in, how do you handle a songwriting session? How do you handle a meeting with a label, like like those kinds of things. Yeah. 
And there's, there's a lot, a lot of digging in those areas because I know the one thing I can't control is once somebody walks in a room, how the person waiting to receive them in that room responds. And all I could do is prep them and coach them and teach them and care about them. But that, that element is the one unpredictable thing in this business that causes the person that should get a record deal in three months to take two to three years to get a record deal. And the person that it should take three years to get a record deal, all of a sudden gets a record deal in six months or 10 months or whatever it is. So, yeah. I guess this is the kind of uh, gut feeling you've developed uh, all these years of working in the industries. I bet it's invaluable when you can feel something in an artist, in a musician, in a songwriter that that's may really help them in the long run if someone else in the industry will see the same what you saw in, in the person. This is interesting and it's really difficult to prepare for uh, initially or even control, I guess. Um, but is, is it something that you can only feel in a face-to-face in-person meeting or uh, do, do you, can, you, can you feel the right vibe talking to someone for the first or fifth, tenth time of a phone, for example, when talking to musicians? Uh, I Yeah, I mean, I never, I'm never introduced to an artist unless it's in person. Right. So yeah, I've had people try to reach out to me and say, hey, could you Skype with this artist or could you talk to this artist? And the answer is always no, because there's something about me seeing a person in a room where I could see their spirit. Yeah. And, 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 and I could feel them in a room. I could see their, their little nervous twitch in the room or like, a confidence in the room or an overconfidence in the room or there, there's so many things, you know, and just in general, like what does it feel like to sit in a room with this person? Yeah. And, uh, you know, when they walk in, what's my first reaction to them walking into the room? Like, I mean, is, is my first reaction like, wow, this person looks like a star or is it, wow, this person needs a lot of work on their, you know, on, on how they're putting themselves together, you know? So there's, there's just, there, there's this endless amount of information that you could gain from somebody walking into a room and having a conversation that I can't get over the phone. And I think a big part of it is not being able to feel the spirit of the person, you know, like, like we are at the end of the day, like we all have bodies, but we're really spirit beings that happen to have bodies. And so You know, music is a spiritual thing and connecting with people is a spiritual thing. So if, if I can't feel what somebody feels like in a room, I'm really just left with a, a voice over a phone and that doesn't really, you know, my spirit can't feel their spirit kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, uh, this is a great insight. We communicate through non-verbal means. We just, uh, We can feel the things that uh, we can see in putting words oftentimes being next to a person. It just, uh, you know, made me think how cool it would be to record this conversation in person instead of, you know, just of a Skype being in different parts of the world. But no, this, this is great. Right. And uh, I, I, I wanted to ask for, uh, for, for a few more insights, if you don't mind, when, when you mentioned the kinds of things you teach the artists uh, you coach, you work with, uh, 
Is there any pattern, maybe in the last couple years, you've seen that the artists you end up working with need development in a particular area, maybe it's different from the acts you worked with 10 years ago. Which, which areas a new artist who, who is properly developing and emerging and uh, doesn't have too much experience requires if you've seen any kind of um, similarities among artists who are just starting out, maybe got their first record deal, maybe not. But is there anything that you usually start with when working with new artists? Yeah, th- that is a phenomenal question. That's a very good question. It's, a, it's, a, it's several things. Number one is, you know, it's, it's the vocal. So, you know, you're called a recording artist as an artist, but really you are a singer and you are a communicator of songs and a communicator with people. And so somebody's vocal ability is almost always been underdeveloped. Sometimes it's been unbelievably un- underdeveloped, but what, you know, what most people can't see is that if you're starting with a seed of potential, if there's really something, a gifting that's there, even if it's buried, I mean, diamonds start out in coal, you know, like a pearl starts out in a shell. The gift is always hidden. It's always hidden. And it takes a lot of love and care for that individual to uncover it. And the problem is out there, you know, artists, and unfortunately for many, many years, I was not part of the solution. But artists are not meeting people that truly care about them and want to dig out the pearl out of the shell because it takes, you know, to get the pearl. I mean, you gotta, you gotta take out a boat. You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta throw nets in the water. You gotta get dirty. You gotta be tired. You, you know, it's, it's like you gotta spend money filling up the gas of the boat to get out to catch the, the shell. Like, like, to get a diamond out of coal. I mean, everything takes serious work, serious care, and serious desire to find the diamond or to find the pearl with, and, and get it out of somebody. So, you know, most artists are just never meeting that level of care, which is, which is really unfortunate and it's sad, but most artists are never meeting that level of care. And so most of the time artists are, even if they're signed to record deals, like this is not just an amateur artist. These are artists that are signed to actual, the biggest record labels in the world. They're all underdeveloped, all underdeveloped. And so the first thing is vocally, you know, you have to get a singer, you know, to learn the habits and the, and the, the principles and the practice that it takes to become a great singer. Like how much should they be working on their voice a week? How much a day? Making sure that they have the right coach, making sure that the, that their coach is teaching them how to be healthy with their voice, but at the same time, how to work as hard as possible. Like if we're talking about working out in the gym, you want to have an unbelievable trainer. If you want to go to the Olympics, you're going to have to have an unbelievable trainer in the gym, but you have to also have a trainer that doesn't overtrain you and you don't get hurt and, you know, that balance. So the vocal is, is huge. Um, that is something that can definitely help somebody get that reaction or not. And then it's, you know, personality. I'm, I'm doing a lot of coaching, a lot of teaching always with personality. Right. You know, if, if somebody's overreacting to something, 
I'm not afraid to tell them you're overreacting. If somebody's underreacting, not showing enough emotion, you need to show more emotion. You know, I'm trying to teach people how to be a leader. Like as an artist, you're, you're a CEO of your own company. So I'm teaching artists, whether they're signed or not, it's always teaching. Yeah. How do you be a leader? And it's not me sitting down at all times. Sometimes it is, but it's not me sitting down saying, this is how you be a leader. I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I let an artist know earlier today, somebody was helping with their merchandise, unloading a trailer, you know, off of a tour run. And, uh, one person didn't make it to the trailer and the other person did it all by themselves. So I reached out to the artist and I told them not for them to look at the other person as not good. The other person's amazing. But I, I told the artist because I said to the artist, like, Hey, at some point later today, you should give this person a call who emptied your trailer <laughs> of merchandise after this tour run and is, you know, driving it back to your storage unit. Uh, you should give them a call and, and say thank you and, and really, really give them a massive thank you because they helped a lot in this tour. And uh, they ended up doing, you know, a lot of lifting today, a lot of work on their own. And so and that's just that's just leadership moments, you know, so I'm always teaching, coaching leadership moments. So it's vocals, it's leadership moments. It is how to become a better songwriter. I'm constantly, constantly downloading and teaching on how to be a better songwriter. And it's a lot more simple than most people realize. And I think just in general, driving someone to the point where they understand what it looks like on a daily basis to be a leader, to be the head of an organization, which an artist is, and how to become the best version of themselves that they could possibly be as an artist, musically, you know, craft wise, and also from a leadership standpoint, even if it's like how to become like, I kind of touched on this already, but just how to be more thankful. Yeah. You know, um, an artist is always going to have, a, you know, an artist that becomes successful is always going to have a lot of people that work for them. And people want to work for somebody who is appreciative and thankful and sees what people that are working for them are doing and recognizes it. So, yeah. you know, I would say that those are the big things, but I would say, you know, how to tell their story in a concise way, you know, how to walk in a room and win it over how to put themselves together if they need help in that area. You know, those are all things that I would say in the beginning artists don't have nailed down. And, and I would say one last thing, and this is a very, 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 very big thing. Artists have no idea what it takes. The aspiring artists and the artists that are signed to record labels that don't succeed. They have no concept of how hard it is to get the right songs and how everybody around them is just going to rush to get songs done, but it's about torturing songs. The key to having a career in this business is you have to torture songs and you have to be very, very, very hard on the songs. Yeah, this is, uh, this is huge. I, I guess artists working with you can save many, many years uh, figuring it out themselves. And even for we cannot, only you can teach these things the way you do it. The, the fact that you mentioned what areas you cover is really helpful and uh, i appreciate it a lot anyone listening to us who doesn't have a chance to work with you only if you act do they may have an idea of what kind of areas they want to look into and 
develop themselves through the means of, I don't know, online courses or finding someone locally uh, to be prepared. And what you mentioned about just uh, having a better understanding of how the, what it takes to actually succeed is crucial. Uh, the leadership, I really uh, am glad that you mentioned that as well. We work with lots of artists and it's not my job to coach someone and, uh, and uh, change their management skills, but uh, it's, it's always, it just stands out. You, you can just feel how different artists uh, handle management leadership delegation tasks and uh, sometimes it really helps for the team around them if they are good at uh, at doing it properly so yeah what you do is highly important indeed thank you thank you for sharing that uh do you look into social media i have to ask because this is what we do a lot here uh so the online presence the online voice and things that are not related to the art of creating great songs do you do much with uh, with the online presence of the artists you work with? Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, if it's uh, developing our artists, the online thing is definitely important. It is not as vital as a bigger artist we would work with, but the developing artists really just the 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 amateur artists, whatever. You just want to have your landing pages to speak to the viewer that you are a real artist. You're not some girl who wants to be a singer. You're not some guy who wants to be a singer that you're a real artist. So I always encourage artists that I work with, uh, obviously the genre of music, you know, matters, but if it's an alternative artist or a cool pop artist or, you know, an alternative rock artist or something like that, you want to make sure that the social media pages really feel very artistic and left of center and they don't feel like just some typical girl that you went to high school with. It's got to feel like something very artistic. So, you know, I would always encourage artists to study, you know, really, really cool artists, not like, and I have no offense to this, but like I wouldn't study like an Ariana Grande on social media, I would study like a Banks or Sia or artists that are, you know, just kind of like a Grimes or just artists that are a little bit more left of center and a lot more artistic and kind of, you know, to spark some ideas or, or spark some inspiration. But I don't think you need to have an endless amount of posts. I don't think you need to have an endless amount of followers. Most of the artists that we've gotten major record deals for did not have these massive followings online. So I think, you know, if you're coming up, that's kind of, that's what it should be and, and is what is most important. And if you're an artist that just signed a record deal or you're on your first album or, you know, most of those artists are not engaging as much as they should, posting as much as they should. I would say artists, you know, that are signed, you know, should be posting at least two to three times a week. And, uh, responding to comments in the beginning from fans and and things like that yeah yeah makes makes but, a lot yeah, of but sense yeah, but yeah. yeah but yes we, we do monitor all of that i mean you know when it when it's a signed artist and i'm managing an artist you know who's got songs out on the radio or things like that i mean i'm i'm usually looking at social media not only for the good aspects of it but i'm also looking for issues so it could be an artist's band member 
who post something that feels like not like not the most professional post or not the most appropriate post. So, I mean, I, I mean, there's times where I'm messaging a band member of a successful artist and saying, Hey, could you delete that? Or could you remove that? Or because, you know, the fan base starts looking at the musicians that are playing with this artist too. concert promoters are looking at, you know, the musicians that the artist plays with. If a buyer bought a show, you know, and they're promoting that show, they might be, you know, they might stumble upon the musicians who play with the artist page. So I'm looking for those things. And then also, you know, every once in a while we'll get, if it's a famous artist, we'll get a weird social media comment or not often, but sometimes things that feel they could borderline on unsafe or, you know, something that just needs a lot of attention. Yeah. As you get to a famous level, there are people that will steal your identity. They'll steal your your pictures and your Facebook profile and start a new one. And, you know, we've had, we've had, you know, people steal our artist pages where they're messaging uh, fans like, ask you for money, you know, yeah. Or, or or inappropriate, you know, pictures. It's even, it's even worse. Yeah. Just all kinds of crazy things. So like, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll be shutting down those pages or we'll be, you know, so I think as an artist grows, Yes, you're looking for, you know, does the social media look good? That's very important, but you're also looking kind of at a different angle than you wouldn't look if it's an artist that's not really famous yet. Yeah, super helpful and uh, makes a lot of sense on everything you mentioned. It also sounds uh, inspiring, I guess. Uh, so in, in, in a sense that uh, to anyone listening to us right now and looking into their social media numbers, they really... Uh, should remind themselves that it's about the quality and all the different aspects of a career and you shouldn't just be obsessed with the amount of an uh, online following. I, I do think that anyone without a major record label deal can have a successful career in a particular niche, especially if it's a niche genre, just building the following themselves. But what you just mentioned that what the kinds of things you are looking into uh, develop, uh, discovering or checking new artists. It's, it's really useful because we hear from artists all the time who assume that the only way to be noticed by professionals like yourself is to have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers online, which you just basically, you just said that it's not true. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah. If, if I met somebody with, 100 followers online versus somebody with 1 million followers online. If I thought the person with 100 followers online had more potential, I would be, I would, it wouldn't even be a thought. I mean, it would be obvious that I would want to work with the person with 100 followers. Um, it's all about potential. It's all about, you know, can somebody work hard? Is somebody passionate enough? Will they work hard enough? Will they listen close enough? Many artists are very poor listeners, but will they listen enough? Um, are they smart enough to, you know, and, and potential wise, do they have the ability to hit a 10, you know, on a scale from one to 10, what is the potential? I don't care if I'm working with somebody who's a seven or a six, if I could see potential for them to get to a 10, as long as they're willing to listen and work hard and they're passionate enough and they're in it enough and they're patient enough you know, they could reach to an eight or nine and start getting some attention in the industry. 
And if they just keep working, eventually they're going to hit a nine and a quarter to a 10 potential. And that those are the artists that would generally have a very strong shot of succeeding. And so to me, it's not about following. It's not about how amazing you are at this second. It's really about the potential. Yeah. Awesome. On that great note, I absolutely love it. We are linking to all the profiles and the websites of your companies in the show notes, of course. But what's uh, the best uh, place online to follow you or to find out more about you? Uh, feel free to just let uh, our listeners know who maybe are on the go and want to check you out right away. Yeah, I would say that the different links that you would post are probably the best source. Cool, cool. That's good. Uh, Jason, thank you so much. It's been an incredibly inspiring, practical, uh, useful and interesting conversation. Really appreciate you sharing it all with us. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks a lot to Jason. Once again, really appreciate his insights. I learned myself a lot from this conversation and I hope that you too have ideas on uh, which areas of your career to look into and to, to develop uh, what kind of knowledge to seek. Um, if you have a feedback, once again, I would really love to hear from you. Maybe you disagree with the approach. Maybe you uh, discovered something that uh, you needed to work on. So do let us know. Uh, you can just reply to uh, the email if you receive notifications about new episodes via email. If not, you can subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com and uh, yeah, just whatever you prefer. Thanks for listening to Music Growth Talks. Stay safe until next time. You've been listening to Music Growth Talks with Andrew Apanov. Find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com.